Hi, my name is Kim Wilkins, and I'm a graduate student at the School of Education at the University of Virginia. I'm studying curriculum and instruction with a focus on innovation and computer science education. This series of podcast episodes is all about bringing computer science education research into the K-8 classroom. All right, well, welcome back everyone. And I'm very excited to have Jean Salek with me today to talk about her research in Jean and I actually uh, kind of go back a little bit. <laughs> so that's really exciting to be able to talk with her again. But Jean, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I am a PhD candidate at the University of Chicago, and I do research in program comprehension in young learners. So that's mainly students from the ages of 10 to 14. And how did you get involved with uh, computer science education research? Oh, that's a, I guess the short version of the story is that while I was an undergrad at the University of Virginia, which is how I met Kim, and I will get to that later on in the uh, later on in the conversation, but I was always interested in how, I guess like it was, I started out as, as an interest in STEM education, and I was curious about the different mechanisms by which, you know, decisions get made, gets made in the education system. And so while I was at the University of Virginia as an undergrad, I did an internship in computer science education policy. And that was an interesting experience because I got to see a bird's eye view of how the system works, how, how research gets funded, what kind of research gets attention, what kind of priorities get set. And so I was working as part of the, at the time, President Obama's Computer Science for All initiative. And getting exposed to that much research had me interested in research itself. And so when I came back for my last year of undergrad, I actually worked with Kim and uh, Tech Girls to start my very first uh, research project where I tried to understand how young girls of color interacted with technology and computer science and their perceptions of uh, computer science and technology. That's how I got my start. And now here I am today, dive, diving a little bit deeper. I no longer work in the informal setting. I now work in the formal setting. So I think that one of the girls that you interviewed actually is a computer science major now, which is really exciting. Oh, um, that's so exciting. I know, I know. So there was an impact, yay. <laughs> yeah, I know. That's a, yeah, it was interesting too to see to see when I was interviewing how a lot of the the patterns that happened with them also resonate, I guess resonated with me, but also like currently resonate in my in my research. It's 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 sad but also interesting to see that the patterns are replicated and there's also it also like speaks well to whatever interventions we do because it seems to be an over, a broader trend. Yeah, I know it's sort of it's sort of frustrating and but also enlightening. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to go into the EDD program is like I knew from my view through Tech Girls and through my teaching, like I had that experience to kind of inform where I thought computer science education was, but I really couldn't, you know, talk at the broader level yeah. um, without, you know, doing a little bit more research. <laughs> so, yes, for um, sure. Yeah, but it's nice to when things kind of like, oh yeah, I, I kind of knew this <laughs> and now mm-hmm. and now I have this proven. So um, there's a couple of papers I wanted to look at that uh, you were involved in to take a little deeper dive into. One of them is TIP and C, so T-I-P-P and S-E-E, which I assume you will explain for us. TIP and C, a learning strategy to guide students through use, modify, scratch activities, and supporting diverse learners in K-8 computational thinking with TIP and C. So what is TIP and C and how did it develop? 
Sure. Uh, tip and see is a learning strategy meant to scaffold the uh, use modify step of use modify create. Um, use modify create is a fairly common pedagogical um, structure in K through eight computer science education. And that's where students are first introduced to a new concept through using example code, maybe that comes from their teacher. And then they make small changes to the code to dive deeper into that concept. So that can be changing the parameters, changing the order of the, the blocks in the code. And lastly, after they're done doing um, working with code that's written by someone else, they finally get to create their own coding project using the concept that they just learned. And so the first half uh, tip happens before students look at any code. So that stands for title, instructions, purpose, and play. And that prompts students to read the title, the instructions, and the purpose of a Scratch project as a preview for what they're going to see. And then they next play the project, and then they make observations of what happens when they play it. And the second half C stands for Sprites, Events, and Explore. And this introduces or reminds students of the structure of Scratch code. So each sprite has their own code, and each code block is triggered by an event in Scratch. So that's the overall structure that students can work with when they look at code for, I mean, they look at new code for the first time. So once they're familiar with the structure of Scratch, students can explore the code with some prompts that help encourage like deliberate, um, the deliberate tinkering. And Tip and C developed actually as a collaboration between my lab at the University of Chicago, which is led by Professor Diana Franklin and Professor Kathy Thomas at Texas State University, who specializes in special education and students with disabilities. Much of Tip and C is actually adapted from reading strategies commonly used for students with disabilities, and we figured why not try those strategies and adapt them in computer science? Cool. Yeah, I love that. It feels a little bit like you're adding some scaffolding to that use modify step to mm -hmm. take it one more level than just here's some code, go play, right? Which is yes, often exactly. what it is. Yeah, for sure. I think there's also a, there's a lot of excitement about inquiry-based learning. And I think that's a good thing, but such open-ended independent inquiry can actually be very overwhelming for students, especially if it's something new. Like a lot of students like thrive on inquiry, but some students need a little bit of a boost to get started. And that's why we decided Tip and See is one way to help get students started because while some students might be perfectly fine with it, others may not. And those students may be the ones who we especially need to support while they're trying to learn a new topic. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially in computer science, because I find that students have such a different different backgrounds and experiences because it's something you can do on your own. <laughs> like even if you haven't got it through school, right, you can still go out on your own and get familiar with things. And, and that can set up dynamic where, you know, students who haven't experienced it before might feel frustrated or like they're failing because they're not doing as well as a peer. Yeah, exactly. And then they don't, and what they don't see in the classroom is that some of their peers have seen it before. And so they are assuming that, oh, maybe I'm not meant for this topic, when really what it is, is you just didn't have the experience that your classmates might have had. Right. So what was your role in the research? So I was involved in the design of Tip and C itself, as well as the student and teacher facing materials that incorporated Tip and C into an introductory uh, computational thinking curriculum. So that's anywhere from student worksheets, the kind of projects that we were showing students, as well as the um, teacher guides and the lesson plans that we wrote up for teachers so that it would be a little bit easier for them to incorporate them 
into their classroom. It was kind of like a, we wanted to make sure that teachers were not making curriculum themselves because teachers are busy. We didn't want to be like, hey, here's another thing you're going to have to try and integrate. <laughs> We, were, right. we, we made it, we tried to make sure it was as out of the box as they, as it could be. So that way they could just do it in the classroom. And in addition to that, I led the design of the assessments that we used to see whether or not um, students were learning various aspects of computational thinking and to what, and the level at which they were coming to the understanding, as well as the data ana- uh, analysis of like student worksheets, the assessments, and other um, student artifacts that came out of the classroom. I think we might talk about this a little bit later as well, but I I think a lot of these resources are available for teachers to use, right? Yeah, if you go to uh, canonlab.org, so we have two curriculum, there's a Scratch Act 1, which is the introductory curriculum, and then a Scratch Encore, which is the intermediate curriculum. So that's meant to be after uh, you've had exposure to programming, Though they have a little bit of overlap because the first couple of units in Scratch Encore are Scratch Act 1 just accelerated a little bit. And all teachers have to do is register for access and they will have the links to all of our materials. So what did you all hope to get out of the research? So not only did we want to see if Tip and C was effective because it was drawn from highly effective strategies in teaching reading comprehension for students with disabilities. So that's namely previewing and text structure. So uh, helping students get ready for what they're about to read and teaching kids that different kinds of texts look different. So for example, a poem looks different from prose. So that's preparing them for those two things. And those were the strategies we drew from Tip and See. So we wanted to see what, first of all, since we were adapting something from another field, we wanted to see if it worked. We also wanted to see how well it worked and for which computational thinking concepts it would actually be effective for. So before we get to the results, I always like to highlight some of the lit review items, the literature review items from papers. So there's definitely been research on use, modify, create. Is that right? Yes. What kind of uh, general things can be said about that? So one that use, modify, create is a good progression into creating code from scratch. I think a lot of times, and I think this is even present in a lot of even, it's an artifact of the fact that a lot of computing curriculum comes from the university setting. And it's a lot of times it's just like, go write your own code. Here's your assignment, go write your own code. But and while that might be okay for an, a university student, it's not necessarily okay for young children. You need, you need to, there is a lot of cognitive load that comes with a new or creating something from scratch. It's like children would find it difficult to just give them a blanket piece of paper and tell them to write an essay. You wanna give them prompts along the way to help them write that essay so that that way it's not as daunting of a task. And so use modify create is kind of the analog to that. Nice. Um, you also talk about uh, metacognition. Let me try that again. <laughs> you also talk about uh, metacognition. How does that fit in? So metacognition is basically the idea of being aware of your own thinking. And so what Tip and and C leverages that in the sense that we were thinking about what are the common patterns or practices that expert learners, or I guess I want to say expert learners or proficient learners use, and what are the implicit processes that they're using to to get around or achieve a task. So... I guess this kind of draws upon, like not only did we 
draw from strategies in special education, we also thought about, so myself and my advisor are both computer scientists. So what do we do when we first look at code? How, like, look at code that doesn't belong to us? What do we try and do? And we think about what do we teach our students in the university to do? And we realize that there are things that because you are so practiced that you don't realize you are already doing. And so the purpose of metacognition and metacognitive strategies in this situation is to make those implicit processes explicit. So that way it's accessible to other learners and not just these expert learners who picked it up on their, who implicitly learned it themselves or they just developed out of years of experience. Right. Yeah. And I think actually, you know, when I'm working with K-8 teachers that are new to computer science, I actually think that's a benefit that they have, that they don't, they haven't already encoded those kind of things. So they forget exactly <laughs> what it was exactly. they learned. So they're kind of going at it along with the students. And I hope that they like remember that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's a level of um, expert bias that comes into play a lot of times when I guess like, I guess when university professors teach computing, they forget what it's like to start. And I think that is a that is a quite a benefit that the teachers are also, I guess, if they're not, if not learning with the students, they are also, or they are, have more recently learned the process themselves. And I think, and I, I think that's kind of the cool thing about having teachers, right? That's the pedagogical content knowledge that they're good at breaking down what they do so that they can teach it to their students. Yeah. So the final thing I want to talk about is equity in CS, which is, I think, a passion of both of ours. How, how did you want to address that with TIP and C? Yeah, so I guess by the nature of the strategies that we were drawing from and reading comprehension, they were especially effective and designed for students with disabilities or students who had difficulty reading, students who were acquiring English as a new language. And those, they were designed for those groups. And so, and sadly, but unsurprisingly, those are the groups that tend to get marginalized in computer science as well. And so by drawing from those strategies, we were hoping to, I guess, almost similarly address those inequities for those students in computer science that these strategies have been able to do in reading comprehension for those students. So let's get to the findings. Could you like summarize the methods and who is involved in uh, these studies? I would assume that you don't mean my nitty gritty statistics. No, 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 like, just, yeah. okay. just a, okay. over, a broad, a broad brushstroke. <laughs> okay, okay. I just want to make sure because I, I don't know, if, I don't know how many people want to listen to that part. Yeah. <laughs> <Understood>. No, <laughs> not trying to, not trying to, uh, not, not, no offense to the people who really love that stuff. But we'll, that, we'll have links to the paper if they want to get into that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. So these studies were act were conducted. Ooh, I want to say almost three years ago at this point. Was it three years ago? Two or three years ago at this point with uh, students and teachers in, in Austin Independent School District. And so they were actually a school district that was trying to integrate computer science into their, um, into their fourth grade curriculum. And the population that, we, that the school district was working on was a very diverse population and had a lot of uh, multilingual learners. School district also had a lot of students who were economically marginalized. And so we were, I guess one, it was also, we wanted to be in those classrooms because one, they didn't have computer science. And then two, we want, they had the students that we were trying to, to design for. And so we wanted to 
yeah, we want, and we also wanted, honestly, we just wanted to bring computing to them because they never had it before too. And we wanted to make sure that that was, we could design an experience that was for them. Very cool. So I think we talked a little bit about the inquiry versus scaffolded inquiry already. What Tip and C does is help scaffold that inquiry. What were the results of students using Tip and C? Yeah, we have found performance gains in learning the computational thinking concepts of sequence and repetition and repetition from students using Tip and C compared to students who only use use modify create. And what was even more exciting is that we found that when using Tip and C, students who face academic challenges, so namely economic marginalization or having below grade level skills in reading and math, they performed as well as, if not better, than students who did not have those challenges who only use modify create. And that tells us that Tip and C helped to narrow the gap between students with and without academic challenges. I guess the key exception to that, though, was that for multilingual students, they didn't really have much of a, we didn't see the same narrowing of the gap, so to speak. Oh, and just to clarify, this is multilingual English and Spanish students. But at the same time, I think this is a a good thing of the school district that that we were working with is that there wasn't really much of a difference between multilingual English and Spanish students and English only students to begin with, because the school district we worked with actually had a very strong bilingual instruction infrastructure. So when we were designing our materials, it was by default, we had to design it in both English and Spanish. We had to make sure that our tip and see to an extent actually somewhat translates pretty well to in Spanish, but we had to make sure that their materials were accessible in Spanish as well. And I think that was one well, the other thing that was kind of that was interesting for us too, which I realized later on is not common, is that we taught English as second language teachers computer science. We didn't teach computer science teachers to be English as second language teachers. So I think what was interesting about that is that those teachers already had the skills to work with these students. And we were just giving them the computing background in order to teach these students. So I honestly think that that's a good thing because like in our school district, they, they were fine. That's, it's telling us that their multilingual instruction is pretty much the same, um, the same as their English-only instruction, which was very cool. And I think that was something that we were surprised by. But then in retrospect, once we looked at our school district and we looked at the teachers and we looked at the infrastructure that they had in that school district, it, was, it actually made a lot of sense. And it was actually a very good reflection of what the infrastructure that they had built up. That's really interesting especially that you created bilingual materials, which I wonder how often that happens in research. And it sounds like you had two tracks as well. So you got computer science into that grade level, but different strategies were used. Use use modify create for one group and um, tip and see for another group. Yeah, we, yeah, that's the, that was the experimental setup is that we knew that use modify create was almost like the baseline that we, that was shown to be effective for this age. And because we were scaffolding that inquiry some more, we wanted to see whether or not it was actually doing what we thought it was, doing what we designed it to do. And did it take any extra time? Not really, actually. I think the only real difference in the materials, to be honest with you, is that when they use modify, the students just have unstructured prompts on how Mm. to use modify in the worksheets. And then in the tip and see worksheets, instead of having those unstructured prompts, it was tip and see as a strategy as they were going through the use modify step. So they were 
we, we designed it so that they would take the same amount of time. Uh, they would take the same amount of time and the worksheets were not any longer either way. So what do you hope are the big takeaway, the big takeaways for researchers from this, from these papers? Yeah, I think the biggest tech to take away from this is that we don't have to keep reinventing the wheel. Other discipline, uh, discipline-based education fields have existed for far longer than computer science education and therefore have a much longer history of research and literature that we can draw from. And I think it's, it's a worthy thing to do to draw from what they learned to make our computer science instruction better. I'd say, talk to your colleagues in education and learning science. I don't think Tip and C would have been developed without a rich collaboration between computer scientists and edu uh, education researchers because, because we had this collaboration with Professor Thomas at Texas State University, who has a very deep expert in learning strategies for students with disabilities and having her on board to break down why these things work and then us using our content knowledge as computer scientists to bring that into curriculum made it a very, I think that was the key to making it very effective. That's really good here since, yeah. <laughs> since I'm in a school of education. That's, I know, that's what I'm hoping. Computer, and I think we should talk to each other more. I think, <laughs> All I right. think yes. <laughs> Sounds good. And what do you hope the big takeaways are for K-8 educators and or administrators? Yeah, I think that the biggest takeaway from this study is that, or these studies is that supporting diverse students doesn't have to come at the expense of other students. So in, in the case of Tip and C, one of the papers I wrote showed that all of the students benefited from learning with Tip and C. And it's not just the students who we initially designed this for, that's the students who have academic challenges. It's not a zero sum game just because you support one group of students doesn't mean you completely ignore the other students. Teaching in a way that's accessible to all learners almost, all, almost always benefits all students, even the ones who didn't need the support. If we look at the paper of, that I wrote about like supporting diverse learners with Tip NC, if you look at that, the students who didn't have the academic challenges still did better. They actually did better. But we also saw that the students who had academic challenges with Tip NC performed the same as the students without, without those challenges when they were just doing Use Modify Create. It boosted them up. It didn't hurt the students that it wasn't designed for. It boosted them as well. Yeah, I think that is a, a common theme with trying to make computer science more inviting and welcoming and, you know, like the more you do that, you're actually helping all of everybody. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't have to be just because you're making a more inviting environment and a more and more accessible instruction, I guess doesn't hurt the students who, who it wasn't designed for in the first place anyway. Like those students, I guess the sad part, like the, the unsurprising sad part is like most of those students would have been fine anyway, but then mm -hmm. you're also, you're like, but you want to you want to support the students who need that extra support as well. That's great. Well, those were all the questions I had. Is there anything you'd like to wrap up with? Uh, no, I think I think that's good. I'm glad that we got I'm glad that we got to talk and I'm glad that we're getting a chance to share these findings beyond the academic world. And also, you know, just like I'm just excited about the fact that we're bridging we're bridging research and educate and research and um, practice through this podcast. Yay. Thank Yay. you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so great to talk with you, catch up with you again, and um, wish you all the luck in your future. Yeah. What, you you want to tell people what you're going to be doing? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I 
will be finishing up my PhD in December and I will be going to the uh, University of Washington to be a postdoctoral, postdoctoral scholar with Professor Amy Ko. Yay, that's awesome. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, thank you. And we will link to resources if you wanna try this out in your classroom, that would be awesome. We'll talk to you later, bye. <laughs>